Everybody and welcome live from Koreatown. It is the Brothers Miller giving you the Ozone. That was a track called The Donald from the new Tribe Called Quest album. They're very happy that the Tribe Called Quest came out with a new CD. If you haven't heard it yet, go pick it up. It's called We Got It From Here. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I am here with my brother, the Icons. Are Hello, you ready world. to rock? I am ready to rock. I'm ready to bring them some figgy pudding. Ooh, please don't. Just just don't put it on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot to cover today. A lot of action took place over the weekend, and I, for one, am pumped up about it. We got to talk about the No Fun League. We got to talk about basketball. Everybody's got to take on something. Phil Jackson and LeBron James got beef. What is going on in the world? But I want to start off with the UFC. The UFC is a very interesting uh, uh, enterprise, if you will. They sold, I don't know if you can say they went public or private, but they sold, and they sold for big-time money. Dana White and all of his cohorts cashed in. And from the tea that I hear spilled on the avenue is that UFC fighters aren't always getting taken care of. They aren't always well-paid. They don't necessarily feel like they're well-represented. It's kind of like a modified version of the boxing scenario they got going. Classic fight game. Classic fight work, and it seems like Dana White and his cohorts figured out a way to manipulate what the boxing fight game was and make it more favorable for them and put it in the form of this UFC, which is, you know, what they run. Sounds about right. You know, they eventually everybody figures out their way to monetize what they're working on, and they're, you know, took it, they took it to the next level. Right, and that's exactly what they did for big money, <laughs> in the words of Ricky Henderson. Big money. So one thing that happened this weekend is Conor McGregor broke all kind of records. He's the first dude to hold multiple belts. He's the man. Uh, he went in there and whooped some ass. He talks crazy. Knocked somebody out, right? He knocked somebody out, Mike. And uh, I do believe it was Alvarez that he took down. I'm not crazy for UFC, but I am interested, especially given the results of the election, I am super interested in this culture of celebrity that we have and people who are able to monetize this celebrity in a multitude of ways, not just actual capital, but, you know, power and everything else. And one thing I like is I like the way that the NBA is set up because the NBA is set up pretty much like uh, a collective partnership right. between like the a revenue. Share. Yes, a revenue share between the people who actually create the product and the people who market and distribute the product. Right. Which is seems like leaps and bounds ahead of every other league on the planet. Because on the other leagues, you have a bunch of owners who own stuff. They tell you how much they're going to pay you based on what they feel like the market, uh, you know, demands. And then that's about it. And they incorporate their rules and their bylaws and you have to follow them or you don't get to play. Got to follow your sergeant's directions. Oh, get your ass popped with the Smith and Wesson. Shout out to Easy E. <laughs> yeah. And, and in this situation... Conor McGregor has some other ideas, and I like what he's talking about. He realized he's a young man, and he's realized that he is the draw. More yes. so than anybody ever. Yes. He's the man. I heard him comparing him to Ali, which I really didn't care for too much. But uh, they, they go too far yeah, with this stuff. <laughs> and the far. pundits, they always go too far. 
I mean, Muhammad Ali was a transcendent figure for 60 years. Right. And you're talking about a dude who got on. A humanitarian. He's, he's, he's popular for two years now. Now you're comparing him to, to Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, man. Stop playing. Be for real. All y'all stop playing out there. It's too much. It's too far. So, here, let's see what, what the champ had to say about the situation. My, my, my family to be like that. So, that's kind of a little thing in the back of my head. So, I'm going to just have this, have this baby, take a little bit of time, and, 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 and see what, what way I feel after that. Um, and, then, and then that's it. They've got to come talk to me now, because no one's come talk to me since the sale has happened. Um, as, a, as a businessman, I've been approached as hello and, and that type of stuff, but... I've earned, I've earned something. I've earned, like, I mean, who owns the company now? There's, 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 people have shares in the company, uh, celebrities. Conan O'Brien owns the UFC nowadays, so where's my share? Where's my equity? If, I, if I'm the one that's bringing this, if, if I, I mean, they've got to come talk to me now. That's all I know. I've got boat belts, a chunk of money, a fa family, little family on the way. You want me to stick around? You want me to keep doing what I'm doing? Let's talk, but I want the ownership now. I want the equal share. I want, I want what I deserve, what I've earned. So, um, there's a little announcement for it. Cause they got to come talk to me. <laughs> well, we can say goodbye to Conor McGregor. <laughs> you know what? And this is what I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to get your take on this. Now, how does Dana White respond to this? He go is home. hands down the biggest draw that he has. Guess what? There's somebody behind him. They'll they'll put up somebody new to take his spot. But nobody's bigger than the game. You think that's you think no, they got I, the lock I on that? I know that they got the lock on it, and they're not gonna let one dude come in and take over the league. And Conor McGregor is not that guy. He's nice, he's doing his thing, but he's not going to get revenue share. Not like that. If you open up the door like that, then you open up a can of whoop ass for everybody, right? You're talking about from the owner's perspective. Yes. And but what about if he just boycotts? I mean, he said it before. He's threatened before. Listen, I'm 28. I can sit out. I got a bunch of money. He lives in Ireland. It's not an expensive place to live. He's literally saying, yo, I can post. I can post and not risk my life uh, and, you know, getting beat up. I actually was on his side if we run back the Ozone from earlier this summer. After he got knocked out, um, after Nate Diaz knocked him out, he was like, look, man, part of the reason I got knocked out is because I'm running around doing promo tours all the time. I don't get to focus on my focus. Right. And now... He's in a situation where he is the man, he won the big fight, and Conan O'Brien and these guys do own a piece of the UFC. I think I got a piece laying around. <laughs> he's the man, but he's not the game. He's not the fight game. So they're going to have somebody else coming up, and since he let out his cards, what they're going to say is, okay, well, you know what? Let's start grooming these other guys to take his spot because he's not going to be bigger than the game. So what do you think they do? They, they give him a they, – uh, the, the beauty of the UFC is they can't give him a bad decision. I right. mean, somebody's getting knocked out in the no, UFC. They, they'll probably throw him a bone, let him get a big payday, but him getting some kind of equity out of it is not, I don't believe that it's going to happen. Now, do you think that him getting equity out of one of his own fights or him getting equity out of the the league? Because it sounds like the way he's talking, he sounds he like out he, of the wants, league. he wants to get equity out of the, the UFC. UFC. Yeah. I don't think that it's going to happen. I wouldn't do it if I was the owner. Because you're setting precedent and you're not going to be able to uh, you know, back that up with all the rest of the fighters that are going to be coming up. Right, this is just the beginning of it. This is not the the end of the fight game. They're they're in the preemie stage. They're in the what they, they are, which the is why they trimester. sold. They're, they're, <laughs> just why they sold for big money. Right, is because the the people that bought them could see the potential of where it can go. Right, and they're not going to buy it for big money and then give him a piece just because he got in there and brawled a little bit. That's your job. We paid you well for your job. Right. Wow, wow, you're coming down on the side of ownership on this one, huh? Well, I have to. 
corporate America, dude. Wow. You're making America great again. Why not? Wow. Why Trust not? me on this one. It's going to be huge. Yeah. It's going to be huge. We're about two, two and a half months from America being great again. That's, Connor should just sign up. Connor should just sign up for America, and then, then he would be great. <laughs> As of right now, he's not great. See, that's the part he doesn't understand. That's why he's hiding out in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious you gotta get out of here brother you gotta hide out in Ireland. <laughs> wow and you know and this is the interesting thing because he, he he needs to to transcend the sport itself he has to do something crazy right and i don't think he's done anything crazy no the way that i understand he's already it, got knocked out the dude eddie alvarez that well you know but he came back which i do appreciate yeah but the dude eddie alvarez that he beat up was you know a, a massive mismatch for him from what i understand he's like leaps and bounds better mm-hmm. so the idea of having him beat up on somebody that's his equal is appealing and or, and can he do that just like you can get over floyd mayweather you can get over conor mcgregor can the game get over floyd mayweather that leads us into the next point of the, since we're in a combat sports space <laughs> that's what space you're in right that's now. i'm in a combat sports space uh, we got the big fight coming up this weekend, which hopefully we'll be at, mm-hmm. which is the Andre Ward-Kovalev fight. I personally believe Andre Ward finds a way to win that fight. Um, I it hope should be a brawl. It, I don't think Andre wants it to be a brawl. No, but it should be. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't I, want it. <laughs> I don't think he wants it to be a brawl. And he's got one thing he's got. He's got great defense. Right. And he's going to need it because Kovalev is real. Mm-hmm. Man, did you see that? Um, that's not called 30 for 30, the, the fight game, day in the life, whatever it is that they do. On Ward Kovalev? No, I Man, haven't Kovalev seen Kovalev has been through some ish, dude. Kovalev and Ward, they both have been through some things in their own ways. And, you know, the way that they've come out of it to be the men that they are, this is really interesting. Seems One of the reasons that Andre Ward is, is so pro-Christianity and so pro-family is because both of his parents were a drug addicts, from what I understand. And it just turned out to be a situation where he didn't want that to be the life for his kids or for himself. So he trained himself through ultimate discipline to be disciplined in his 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 professional life, his personal life, and in every way. And on the flip side, you got Kovalev, who's dealing with that Eastern European style totalitarian government um, that from from Trump's boy Putin that could be coming. And then you have uh, he actually killed somebody in the ring, and it changed his perspective. Like, like he's the like, quiet man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's changed. Yeah, yeah. So hard how, living. How, how many elitists have you ever seen in the fight game? And if they were, were they doesn't successful? Work. Yeah, it doesn't, it, it work. doesn't you work. Do, you don't have the hunger game in you. You, yeah. need to, you need to be hungry. It's the hurt business. It's the hurt business. You can't live a nice life, a nice pristine life, and then jump in the ring. I'm like, no, dude. I'm, you know. It's like the hip hopper. You have 20 years, 25 years to come up with your first album, and chances are your life was hard. The greats, your life was hard, and then that first album was like a diary of those 20, 25 years. Right. Then you go into the sophomore slump most likely because your life has completely changed <laughs> in that two years between those, you know, that the You're time not you in blew the streets up. anymore. Yeah, and it's just not as hard. Yeah. So uh, there's only a handful of guys who can adjust and start making uh, rap great again and talk about things that are actually current and relevant for them that um that that still do the job it's true it's very very interesting um but we have that fight coming up but then you know what as predicted everything points to manny pacquiao and floyd mayweather too talk to me what do you think <laughs> yeah, you pumped up i yeah, see pumped it. up i just want to see it go down I, I would like i like trilogies actually i would like a three-piece well biscuit no biscuit i don't no. need biscuits fattening spicy <laughs> or regular 
I take mine spicy. A spicy sauce. <laughs> Three beans, spicy. Pick it up. Yeah. Wow. yeah, but but you know, I'm I'm looking at a nice little brawl. I think Manny would mix it up a little bit different this time, and especially if he doesn't have an injury. But yeah. but we need to be sure that there are no injuries going into the game. I need to be sure of a lot of things. Yeah. No injuries, no IV for Floyd, and yeah. no no. Yeah, Floyd doesn't get to take the juice, for, <laughs> and yeah. I don't. Uh, okay, so if we're going <laughs> juice, let's both of us juice and get it on. <laughs> juice for juice. But they don't want to do that. They it's don't. not fair. Boxing is dirty. <laughs> boxing is dirty. And that's why they're losing, though. That's why they're losing. is because they're dirty, and they don't want to admit that they're dirty, and then it's rigged, and then every now and then they let the veil slide a little bit too much, and next thing you know, people are like, ah, oh, come on, man, you're ripping me off. $100 for that? Yeah. If something unpredictable happens and that's completely out of their power, and they lose You know, they lose a little bit when a guy comes in, a, a bum knocks out, like say if a Birdo would have knocked out Floyd. Right. That would have changed the whole game. Would have changed the whole game. He, would, he ha- would still be fighting. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think we have this situation now potentially – with uh, the fight coming up in March with Danny Garcia and and uh, Keith Thurman, mm-hmm. because Danny Garcia, you love Keith Thurman, it, it, yeah, but Danny, I do love Keith Thurman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one time, I like Danny though. I run into Danny from time to time. Danny's on me. I'm not mad at Danny. Okay, but at the same time, he, you know, he he fought that tomato can the other night for some reason, no reason and, at all. And then everybody acted like it was like a devastating victory. I don't understand. And you know, and Keith Thurman got in the ring and literally said, "Yeah, I ain't no cherry though." <laughs> he basically why why did you do this <laughs> we could have fought now yeah. instead of waiting until march but it is what it is it's i guess it builds hype because they were definitely in the ring spitting at one another and, and and making it go down i'm still amazed that little man boxing has so much interest there hasn't been a quality big man for years i know and then you get guys like like tyson fury who get on and they can't handle the weight of the world right and a lot of guys back in the day were high on lennox lewis like that i never was really crazy about his style no, no but i respect him but, he, but he was re- a professional fighter but he, and he did come to fight exactly. it wasn't like these guys i don't think we had anything since the real deal really in the in the heavyweights who can uh, you think of i'm trying to i'm trying to scroll my rolodex as i through the annals of time, the of time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think Murder got a, got has the potential. I think that Deontay Wilder has the potential to be yeah. something special. That brother King Kong fought again I, and I, and played around with a bum <laughs> for eleven rounds. He loves that. <laughs> he loves that. Not get this guy out of here. Classic You're, King Kong. Come on, you are King Kong. You're supposed to be an animal. King Kong gets it done. King Kong does not play games for eleven rounds with a bum that's play. not in shape. Come on, man. What are you, what are you doing? I just don't understand. But little man boxing is still going down. Yeah, little man. They and every little they man have everybody should, should should put together a pension for Floyd Mayweather for for making little man boxing relevant. Right. Nobody talk about no little man's boxing. <laughs> the little man boxing got you upset, huh, Big Man? <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> Big Man upset over there. <laughs> you want to see somebody go to sleep ASAP or the potential? That's the whole thing. One fight changes the one one punch can change the whole fight. Right. Right, that's why when you get a little guy who has thunder, at least in one hand, let alone two, you're really, really interested in watching that. I'm not in- like interested. Like a Earl Spence, yeah. like a Manny Pacquiao. And the tactician of the little man. <laughs> nah, for one, I don't want to see no little dude hitting the punching bag all damn day. I don't yeah. need a thousand landed punches and no nobody get no brain damage. <laughs> a thousand pity packs. <laughs> I don't need a thousand. I don't need death by a thousand cuts. I'm not in the Bruce Lee movie. Stop it. Or the Jackie Chan one. Um, well, that, that's you know that's interesting. Wow, that's a really that's a that's an interesting perspective. I, I'm very interested to see how you that that Conor McGregor perspective that you feel. You think they're going to groom him and get him out of there on the dirty tip? 
it might not even be dirty. Just, you know, he let out his what he's about, what he wants. And they're going to basically, he's holding them on social ransom, so they're going to have to, you know, fight back. You're putting them in a bad spot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let, we'll let us put you goes. in the ring with this monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to have him fighting the heavyweight. Yeah. And, and have somebody just beat the tar out of him. Ooh. And then give him another fight in the next two weeks. Or something. Now then, but what does social media do there? Because he has the power of the people, in my opinion. And you got to give the people. Wow. Give them what they want. <laughs> you got to give the people what they want. And they give want the, the funk. Yeah, but. He's, now, what if he, what if he staged he's one person. a fight? One person. What if he staged a fight on his own? On pay per view, I'm sure they and, have him and up. in turn paid some other people. I'm sure he has some kind of obligation, some kind of contract, some non compete. Obli- yeah, maybe so. You're not going to just jump in and take over the, the world. That's why you're the employee. Why not? Donald Trump did. <laughs> you're the employee, and they're the employer. Right. Wow. You're not going to make the same cheese as Dana White. Forget about it. I, he took all the chance, the risk. And now he gets to he gets the benefit of the reward. He gets to reap. Yeah, he gets to reap. And you know who else can get the benefit of the reward? Is who? Every member of the Five Four Club. Folks, head on over to fivefourclub.com and get yourself signed up. For just sixty five dollars a month, you can get a package that's professionally tailored to your style. That's worth more than two hundred dollars every single month. You never have to go to the mall again, and you'll look fresh, so fashion, so clean, clean. It'll work out well for you, folks. It's working out well for the icons. It's worked out well for me. It's even worked out well for Ernie. Go over there, 54club.com. Use promo code OMAR and get fresh, folks. It's wintertime. You need some clothes. It's cold where you are. Wow. Wow, wow. Speaking of vengeance and Dana White, how about the NFL this week? A lot of vengeance went on this week. There was a lot of vengeance. Vengeance is mine since the NFL. Wow. Yeah. Well, how about that heavyweight matchup that went down on Sunday night? Yeah. Finally got the ratings back together on Sunday for the no about fun time, league. right? Man, a matchup, the, a rematch of the Super Bowl will do that. But you know what? The NFL schedule has been pretty messed up for the last two or three years. It's, really? They, they've been having terrible, terrible games. I like the Raiders schedule. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at the Raiders schedule yeah, right well, now. When are they playing the Chiefs again so we can get them back in order? The number one Chief Rocker, number one Chief Rocker. <laughs> the Chiefs are surging right now. Yeah. Nobody really wants the to Chiefs see the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat them already, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They gave us a, they they, they gave us a LL Cool J. Yeah. I didn't appreciate it. But talk to me. Give me that analysis that you feel like about that Seahawks game. Before the game, folks, the icons told me several times several times that the Seahawks were going to beat them. And you said you thought it was because Tom Brady hadn't faced an elite defense since no, he's been back. He hadn't. And he's um you know he and he the still price. balled. Yeah, he didn't ball though. He didn't even get one touchdown. He made some beautiful throws. <laughs> didn't get in the And I zone. tell you what he did, though, because he he had the fumbleitis. The lights looked like they were too bright for Tom. Uh, well, the hits were too hard for him. Man, them boys were out there <laughs> sticking. I have to they say. They were in grudge mode. I, they were in grudge mode. And I have to say, I and, and didn't even have their full complement of players. No. But I have to say, I am so impressed with Gronk, Edelman, and Amendola not dropping passes because they got stuck several times. They got lit up. Gronk punctured his lung? They said it's a chest injury now. They oh. said they said that they said it wasn't a punctured lung. But either way it goes, he how got you, stuck. How do you misdiagnose that? Uh, right? What is that? He <laughs> no, it's a, not a hole. If we just <laughs> put some duct tape on it. He's good. He's grunk. <laughs> Come on, grunk juice. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, because of that. I mean, you look at the situation. Perhaps, I, I obviously those hits were the reason that he had a chest injury. <laughs> they lit him Real, up. They lit him up. That was a bad pass by Tom Brady. Tom Brady got him. He must have pissed Grunk must have pissed him off in the locker room. Or but something. there was a but there was some great passes. That that they pass were. that almost got them to the zone. Ooh, beautiful. I mean, on the money, great pass, great catch. Beautiful. 
I'm very interested because Tom is the king of trying to go over the top um, as far as going over the pile. And he couldn't handle that fumble. He couldn't handle that ball. And then one thing that I, I saw from Tom Brady that I don't really usually see from Tom Brady, which was very disappointing, which was when they ran the play to end the game, more or less, him crying about P.I. Him crying about P.I. As though when that Grunk, was the, when, when Grunk pushed Cam Chancellor down, that was looked like the design of the play. Yes, was for them to you know to flop more or less, more or less. So I can get four more downs. So I can get four more downs and try to push it in. Why don't you just try to catch the ball? I mean, it was, and truth be told, it was a bad pass by Tom Brady. But Grunk is like six twenty, you know. And <laughs> with us, gotta reach it, man. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. You don't usually see Tommy terrific uh, buckling but, under the pressure. But you seemed know like what? the weight was too much. I go as far as to say I think Pete Carroll has Bill Belichick's number. He has the team. He has the quarterback. To me, Russell Wilson, as I speak of all the time, is just as good as Tom Brady. I mean, there it. He, they don't even put him in the top five. They don't even put him in the top. They five. They want him to. Oh well, he can't. He can't. You know, he can't do anything without running. He sits back there and throws dimes. He dimes and and. Don't let him get loose. Oh. I mean, he got out of the pocket. He had to he scramble. Can't run like he, 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 he right he now he's hurt, and and he had to scramble. And he found Doug Baldwin wide open in the zone. I and mean, forget about hitting him after he throws the ball. They still let it go on. You saw it? it was, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. But and then that guy has the best attitude in the world. He does, and people hate him. They hate him because he's positive. They hate him because he's positive. They hate him because they want him to break character and that's and what it cuss is. people out that's and go it. crazy and that's he won't it. do it. He follows his faith, and he does what he he came out there to do, which is win. He is a stone cold winner. It's true, and and I got to go with DJ Collard on this one. They don't want him to be great, they and don't. he's great. They can they say don't. whatever they want to, but but he's great. Look at his look at those numbers he put up. <laughs> Come on, dude. What did he get the zone three times, four yes. times? Yes. How many times did Tommy Terrific get in? I, I don't um none. Oh none. Touchdown Tommy was not touchdown Tommy. Adam <laughs> Hawk. <laughs> man, they were serious. No 12th man either. No. They went out there and marched into Foxborough. This is what it's about. That is what it's about. This he is what you were talking about a few weeks ago with Mike Tomlin figuring out exactly. a way to win. Exactly. Mike Tomlin was at the house. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Wow. This is a very interesting situation. I think this throws a nice wrinkle into the fold, really, because. How so? In that it makes the Patriots fallible. And oftentimes when somebody punches the bully in the mouth, other people now say, yeah, I got that punch in my arsenal too. Well, you know what? I've always felt like they were fallible because they don't have defense. And what? so so you're, I, you've you been very vocal about your your feelings about the bad trade you feel like that they're getting rid of Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. You can't put any pressure on the quarterbacks, which makes the, the secondary even more exposed than they are. Yeah. yeah they're already not great. Yeah, they're already not. They, they didn't make America great. They, they looked, did. <laughs> The yeah, Patriots they need Trump. They need Trump. <laughs> they need they Trump. need Trump. They need to make Foxborough great again. Yes, because they don't have defense and they pay the price now. You can't put pressure on the QB and you get exposed. Get exposed. That's what it is. I mean, you look at Russell Wilson. He has Doug Baldwin as his number one receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. And no you beast mode. Edelman, Although Gronkowski. you have to trust the process. How about process out there? Got busy. Man, he's serious. Uh, they're about to get Thomas Rawls back next week, too. So. Is Lou Rawls available? I don't think so. Now unless you want to go to uh You'll <laughs> never find. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Yeah, I don't man, Seahawks look serious. And they look like they're they're getting themselves together at the right time. Have they already had their bye? Uh you know what? I think they have. And I also mm. think that they're the only team that could beat the Cowboys. 
Speaking of the Cowboys, what do you got? We have a caller who loves to speak about them boys. Hello, Cowboy Kev, live on the Ozone. Glad hey. to have you again. How you feeling about that dub? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Texans hey. don't know how to vote, but they sure know how to play football. <laughs> Hey, the will to win is amazing, boy. You, you know, when when things have been going good, you get some confidence. You win a couple close games. Now you know you you uh you can you got something to fall back on. You, you need to say we've been here before. We can get this done, fellas. Let's dig in. And how do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott, man? They're talking about this kid is the number one front runner for MVP right now. He should be. Absolutely. I mean, well, I, I, hey, I could, you could argue either one of them, Dak or or Zeke, and uh, you know, I, I could, you could easily say, you know, the way Dak has handled himself, um, you know, coming from college straight into the NFL and and to win eight straight games as as your quarter starting quarterback, that transition is, you know. You can make the argument to Zeke, you know, he's, he's running behind the best uh, O-line in the business. But, you know, it's it's even more impressive for me with, with Dak, the way he's handled himself to uh, getting into these, you know, deep into, to, you know, crunch time and have to make a play and make it. You know, he's he, – the quarterback position is, is, is the, uh, the foundation for me. But uh, – I have him as co-MVPs right now. Yeah, but you know what? He's playing for his job, really. Every week now, he's playing for his job because and, Tony Romo is healthy, which is not fair to him. Now, it, do you it, think it, Tony Romo is fully healthy? But, they said he's healthy. It's, it's, it's the nature of the business. You know, it is still a business. And like I said, uh, you know, Jerry Jones is looking at, you know, he's got this guaranteed money that he got to give this guy that um, – is is basically on the sidelines, but at the same time, you know, he realizes he's got something really special right now, and you know, you he's in a great position because he's got uh, the best backup quarterback maybe to ever play at this point. You know, Romo can continue to get healthy if something were to happen to to Dak. They uh they don't miss a beat. Tony comes in and they, really they don't miss a beat, but it allows him to I... get even healthier. And and you know see things from a, a different perspective while while they continue to win. I don't think that I don't think they can win with Tony Romo. Uh, that's the way I feel about it. I don't. I Tony think Romo they have a rhythm years. right now, and I think that I think that the the combination that they have of Dak and Ezekiel and that line because realistically, when you have to contend with Dak's legs as well as his arm as well as Ezekiel as well as Des Bryant, this is a lot to deal with, man. That's a lot to deal. It's a lot to deal with, and championships are so rare in football. Like every team is looking right. like the uh, the the Chicago Cubs, more or less. Every everybody right. is in a in a mad dash to win right now, except for the Cleveland Browns. And when you have the championship <laughs> opportunity, you can't mess around. Right. And the Cowboys look like they could actually get to the Super Bowl this year, barring any more injuries. To Ezekiel. Oh Ellis. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that's that, that's the you know that's that's always the, uh, the the big elephant in the room is is injuries. And you know it, sometimes it takes a little a bit of luck to uh, to get all the way to the bowl because you know injuries is is a part of it. And you know defensively on the defensive end. Uh, you know, every week we've got somebody that's been been hurt, and you know, 
Uh, you got Skandrick, who's been back and forth with, with injuries, you know, but we still we find a way. Somebody steps up and, and gets it done. I mean, it's, it was – Nobody's talking about this too much, but it was it was big to to stop them four times on extra points. Now, I question why you know Coach Tomlin would do that. I, I think he's a great coach, but you know, you realistically you look at it. Um, really, all we needed was a field goal, and we were in field well within field goal range. But had he went and kicked the field goals. You know, there's four extra points on the game. We would have had to score a touchdown. And so, you know, the dynamic of the game is a little different, and you wonder what what could have happened. And Pittsburgh's a tough place to win. I also think that this goes to show the kind of pressure that the Cowboys are putting on other teams. When other teams feel the need to go for two straight off the bat, you're, like, but, you're but concerned. That's Tomlin's stick, though. They've been doing that since last year. They they go for two right. every every week. They go for two, which and I and I, I agree with it. them. Yeah. yeah, especially since if they you moved can up, stop yeah, Big Ben, if you can stop Ben Bell and Antonio Brown, good luck from five yards on, out. Man. Usually, Martavius yeah, Bryant. Exactly. I mean, come on. If you can stop them, then yeah. power to the people. Yeah, and they were still in a yeah. position to yeah, win the absolutely. game. Yeah, it's still yeah yeah they they were. I mean, but neither one of the teams hey, have it was, defense. You know, it was a, it was it was a great game. It was what was that? Neither one of the teams have defense. That's the problem. Exactly. exactly. Who would you so, go with in the situation of the Cowboys versus the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Who? Come on, I I, I got to go with my boy. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I think, <laughs> that's a no-brainer. I, I still, you know, obviously it'll be a good game because Belichick and his his system. I mean, you know, they're they're tough, and so they would. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they would put some some schemes in to you know, try to keep us, the offense off the field. But, you know, as, as long as we can keep Zeke, you know, running downfield and mixing with a little bit of a uh, little Dez and a little Beasley here and there to it's keep a problem. the first down it's a going and, and, and old man Witten to be told cross for a couple first <laughs> downs. It's, it's, big hey, fella. It's, it, like you said, it is, it is a problem. Uh, so, you know, time of possession is always going to be important for, for us, you know, the Cowboys. And, and so if we can um, dominate in that aspect, then it, it takes pressure off the defense. But again, You need as I, much man, pressure as possible off of your defense. To, <laughs> you need the no-pressure situation. You need to let yours bleed. Don't put no pressure <laughs> on the wound because the Cowboys we ain't stopping nobody. <laughs> because I'm here to tell you, we I really know, believe – I believe that the round robin is going to look like the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Patriots. And honestly, those the are Chiefs. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't, I, I just can't get behind Andy Reid. He, I just think he finds ways to lose. I feel like the uh, Jack Dorio. I and I can understand why, but I feel like the Raiders got that magic this year, the silver and black. But realistically, yeah. after what I saw this past weekend. I need to look up and see if the Seahawks have already had their bye because if Russell Wilson gets some time to heal up, nobody's beating the Seahawks. They've showed you they're on dynasty mode, and that's outrageous because they don't have crazy personnel. And that defense is well, airtight. See, that, 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 that gets back to what I was saying. When you, you know, when you get in pressure situations, you can always reflect back on you know times before and when you've had success. Right, on who's and been there. won one before. Cowboy Cam, mm-hmm. eating good on them Steelers. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know y'all laid Steelers. I didn't know y'all laid Steelers. Y'all crushing some steel. Hey, 
I'm I'm really impressed with uh, our will to win. At the end of the day, you know, we we all athletes, and we know, you know, when you get in those pressure moments, it's easy. You know, a lot of people thought Pittsburgh would win this game, and and it would have been, you know, easy to say, well, you know, they they played a good game, and but to find that, you know, uh, I, Mike Dick has said it best: good teams find a way to. I mean, yeah, bad teams find a way to lose, and good teams find a way to win. And we mm-hmm. continue to find a way to win, despite that kid's got crazy poise. He's got that too, <laughs> and he's got boys. The, the kid is serious, yeah. and 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 Trucker Dave yeah. called it out, and, and, you know, weeks ago. Well, Cowboy Kev, always good to have you. We're gonna have to bring you on here after a Cowboys uh-oh, loss uh-oh. if we can get one and see if you're still riding high because you've been eating crow, you've been eating eagle, you've been eating steel. Oh, wow. just, you eating good out there. You talking about? We were talking about what you're gonna look like in December. I mean, if they keep playing like this, you talking talk about another four game winning streak going on, right? And then they'll get the buy. Yeah, yeah, well, realistically, the last time we spoke, you know, we said you know the next five games that they could go three and two, we would be happy. Uh, I see that, you know, four and one now realistically through the rest of the season, I don't see them losing more than two, maybe three games. Yeah, yeah, and barring injuries. Football, the injury is always right. a big deal. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I right. see you. Well, congratulations deep in the heart of Texas out there. Mm. And uh, thanks for calling into the yeah. Ozone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he loves those boys. Cowboy Cab. Feeling it, man. He should. He should be feeling a real it. deal. I just think that with their defense being a little suspect like that, a guy like Tom Brady will pick him apart, and Ezekiel Elliott is not the kind, the type of running back to milk the clock. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. No, he actually gets <laughs> he first gets downs and gets to the zone. You need somebody and like Garrett Blunt to just yeah, and you can't yards, keep giving Tom Brady the ball. Yeah, that doesn't keep he's, he's especially with suspect defense. No, it's not going to work. He's going he's going to eat you up. Just to, to go through the NFL for the week. I was really, really impressed with Marcus Mariota and the Titans. <laughs> Where'd oh that come goodness. from? <laughs> oh, wow. DeMarco Murray ran all over the what? state of Tennessee. With a bad big toe. Come on, man. <laughs> with that bunion acting up. <laughs> and he still got her done. Yeah, he got it done. And, and they, got, uh, they have a complete unit over there. They got a complete unit. Now you're talking about Ram time starting golf finally. They just they, they, yeah. they broke it. What yeah. do you think? About time. I think it's definitely time. But realistically, well, I, have to say, I have to say to Jeff Fisher, it, to, to defend Jeff Fisher in this sense, they aren't out of the playoff hunt somehow or another. It doesn't. They're not going anywhere. The Rams. No, I they're love not the going Rams. anywhere. But I think they're not out of the playoff hunt as per their record and the the state of the standings right now. Yeah, but if you go by what what should be done, this kid gives you the best chance to win of winning. Yeah. Now Arizona disappointed. Oh, I don't know what's going on disgusting. with that. It's that like is, it's like you can't do one of those television shows and still be a good team. <laughs> I don't know what it does. It's like they put some some muju woji on you or something that you struggle can't do against it. the 49ers? Are Come you on, kidding? man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You almost went to OT. <laughs> you almost had to go to OT with yeah, the you Niners. Only dude. scored 23 points. What are you doing? What's going on? I have no idea. You I think to... it may be time for Carson to hang him up. I don't know what's happening. I need. I mean, this has just been a disappointing season for them. I know good and well they didn't expect this season to go this way. You couldn't have. There's this is, no way. This is. And terrible. if you watch the Amazon series, they're talking big. They're talking like, well, if it ain't the Super Bowl this year, then this is a bust. We don't even need to play. Then <laughs> I guess it's a bust. It's a bust because it didn't end up working out right. And uh, one one last thing that I want to say. Well, not one last thing. The one thing I want to say is. I watched that the end of that Broncos Saints game. The guy looked like he stepped out of bounds. It didn't look like it to me. To me, it looked I like really I saw white it. on white crime. I saw his white. Uh, uh, <laughs> That's why I couldn't see. Shoe. It. Yeah, it was tricky though. <laughs> right, it was tricky. 
And but I mean, with all this technology, how did they keep getting calls wrong? But a lot of people said he did not step out of bounds after the technology. But it looked like maybe it was an optical illusion, like that silly blue dress thing from last year right. on the internet or something. But I don't know. I didn't understand. Then we did, just to run through it. Miami's out there making noise. I don't know what happened. They stopped partying. Man. That running back is changing their life around. He's changing their life around. Yeah, you're getting the receivers wide open out I mean, there. <laughs> wide this, open. This dude will rip off two bills on you, rip off 200 yards like it's nothing. He will rip off two on you. So you have to – you ha- look at look at a guy like the Rams. They have this all ta- all-star running back, Todd Gurley, and they can't get him the ball. He's getting 15 carries a game only because you don't have a quarterback For to pass the ball. 35 yards. Yes. He's getting no yards. So you talk about when you bring in a guy like Jay Ajayi and he's opening up the passing game. Yeah. Because Tannehill was getting blasted for not throwing the ball. Now, do you think that uh, do you think that Green Bay is done as a force in the league? Yeah, I've always felt like they were overrated. Aaron Rodgers, the whole crew. They got a lot of help. Yeah, they have a lot of help. They've always it? had a, No, I mean, from the, like, from the league seems to give them a lot of help. They get a lot of calls. There's always – people are always He has all-star Bay. players out there, and they don't get it done. They're not disciplined like they should, although they have a lot of guys hurt on defense. Yeah. But they still, they don't have a running back. I don't understand how you get your roster down to where you're using a, a receiver as a running back. <laughs> you're going too far. <laughs> it's, a, it's a serious situation. It's, a, it's an issue. Another serious situation are the clean snacks that are available from Melissa's Organic Produce. Some of the tastiest treats you'll ever put in your mouth, folks. Go to Melissa's Produce and uh, I think it's melissasproduce.com. And you want to get something tasty? I'm here to tell you, those coconut clean snacks will change your life. And they'll make you a little bit more healthy. Really, really solid. Melissa's Produce Clean Snacks. Look for them at your local grocer. Let's talk about the NBA. It's going down in the NBA. How about the Clippers with the best record in basketball? Yeah, how long do you think that'll last? I don't know. The way that they're playing is going to last all season. I mean, I can't wait for that December. I think this weekend is going to be good because this weekend they play the Bulls. That's going to be a telling game. Mm-hmm. Um, they're playing them at home. I've been going to Clippers games, and the Clippers are literally blowing teams. It's like not even worth going to the games. Right. Clippers, by halftime, the game is Scotty and Mike. They're looking like the 80s Lakers. They look serious out there, and they look like they're having fun, which is nice. I think that they have maybe the deepest bench in all of basketball. They've had that for a few years, though. They've had a nice bench. I actually like the addition of Raymond Felton. they got some guys that were starters that now are coming off the bench that seem to have accepted this role, and when the first unit comes out, the second unit comes in and still dominant. I'm sort of used to this from the Clippers, though. They start off like gangbusters, and then they end up you know, just tapering off for some reason. I don't understand why, but they usually just lose focus. Yeah, that's a, I, or they get hurt. I mean, you never give them the pass for that, but they get hurt. I mean, last nah. year it was a serious situation with the injury. After you got uh, Sterling, uh, uh, Donald uh, uh, Trump, I uh, mean Sterling, out of there, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it seemed like he cast a, a, a dark shadow. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Over the uh, team. And now you have a situation where ownership is in, the fans are in, the city is in. And it, I actually am impressed because it seems like Los Angeles is a situation where both teams could thrive. Obviously, both teams can't be the best, but it seems like both teams can thrive. Well, I tell you what, that's going to be the rumble in the jungle when they when it, they it go is. Right. It is. It's the Lakers be good are games. real, man. The Lakers are serious. They got blown the other night, but they're, yeah, but they're serious. They're what young. can you do? Yeah, yeah, they're young. What can you do? Because you're going to have to have the fresh, fresh legs to run with them. Well, what else you can look at is this situation um, in D.C. last Friday. I watched LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers play <laughs> against the Wizards. And I have to say, watching him play live now versus where he was before is an incredible progress. The jumper's wet, by the <laughs> way. Forget about it. The jumper is wet. Step back and he's putting your eyes out. That's it. 
And and I just I'm so impressed with the guy's game uh, because you can watch the game and the game ended up being like a 10, 12 point game. But the game was much closer than that the whole game. But it was his will that took it to the next level. And it was it was incredible. It was an incredible situation to watch. And they got a team over there, man. All of those guys are poised. They're all calm. They all believe. When LeBron comes out, Kyrie's over there putting on a show like LeBron never went out of the game. <laughs> and obviously it was against the Wizards, so it wasn't like, you know. They're playing Toronto tonight. Which should be a good game. Uh-huh, and they're favored by six. But but the thing that I wanted to, the thing that I wanted to speak on is uh, LeBron James is putting stuff. He's putting a lot on his shoulders that I am really, really impressed with. Because... Now, you see, he came out and spoke about uh, Phil Jackson. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah, and he should have. He came out and literally just just came out and said that he used to have respect. (laughs) I had nothing but respect for him as a coach. James told reporters, had respect? Yeah. Until now? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I think that... I think that Phil Jackson is caught in a time warp like a lot of America is. And he's pretty open, you know, liberal dude or whatever it is. But uh, you you got to watch your terminology nowadays. Or maybe you don't. I mean, as we saw with the election, actually, who knew? Who cares what you say? Anything can go. But Phil Jackson said uh, on ESPN.com, it had to hurt uh, when they lost LeBron, talking about Miami. Uh, it was definitely a slap in the face. But there was a lot of little things that came out of that. When LeBron was playing with the Heat, they went to Cleveland. He wanted to spend the night. They don't do overnights. Teams just don't. So now Spolster has to text Riley and say, what do I do in this situation? And Pat, who has iron fist rules, answers, you're on the plane. You are with this team. Can't hold up the whole team because you and your mom and your posse want to spend an extra night in Cleveland. Nobody appreciated the posse word. And uh, I think that LeBron, you know, this guy, he's he's taking active positions. We played the, the clip of him before speaking about the Kaepernick protest. Um the guy is really being a diplomat for the culture. Right. And he deserves a lot of praise for that yeah, because he's, he's doing, doing things the right way. Yeah, he's doing what's right for the community, you know? He's standing up standing up for issues. So many times guys hide behind their uh, you know celebrity and don't say anything. And he's not one of those. Yeah. I think the era of that superstar is over. I don't think that you can be that and still have the respect of the people. Right. He's got a little Jim Brown in him at this point, right? And I think him being from Cleveland has a big, you know, is, is a big reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, he he grew up in the shadow of all of the stories of athletes who held the summits for civil rights and this, that, and the other. And then he is the only superstar that's ever lived up to the hype of what was supposed to be the superstar. Yeah. Nobody's ever lived up to that hype in any sport. It's true. Nobody. Yeah, and, and he actually he came did out of high school and he's done it. And he has three rings. And he's still going. It looks like he's about to get number four. Or does he have four rings? He's got three rings. He's got three rings. Yeah, that's yeah, what it is. Three. He's got three rings. He got two with the almost. He's got two yeah. with the Heat. He's got one with the Cavs, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he almost had that other one with the Heat against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's interesting to me because in the world of what's going on, there's so much. Uh, I mean, this this election is splitting families down the middle more so than the Yankees Red Sox rivalry, you know. <laughs> and it's a uh, it's a it's an amazing situation of where we are in the country. For the people that we have, 
that that are supposed to entertain us or whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing of being in that box everybody wants to act like they don't have the opportunity to be dynamic people and well-rounded people who have opinions about everything because these people are leaders despite what charles barkley said when i was a kid he was a role model yeah and these guys are role models and people are looking up to them kids are looking up to these guys to figure out how to conduct themselves outside of what they learn at home you set the standard come on it's a, and it's a it's a heavy responsibility, but this is what comes along with big money, big exposure, with being at the front of the line all the time. This is what comes along with it. I I'm, I I have so much respect for Greg Popovich. I just I I don't even hmm. know what to say. I got a clip here uh, of Coach. Let's see what Coach Popovich had to say. Coach, you you keep it real. <laughs> you say what you need to say and speak your mind. Uh, because of it, there may be a people that feel like you speak for them, that your voice carries weight, even if you guys say the same thing. Do you feel that at all? And if so, do you accept that responsibility? Um, you know, I, I just uh, try to react when I think it's appropriate and uh, try to be real and try to be fair. With that said, there are a lot of people right now that may not be feeling you know, good about certain events that happened this week. I think you know what those events are. And they want to know how you feel about it. And do you feel who's, the same who's way? They, they, who's they? Minorities, people, just around. way too much credit. <laughs> they care. I don't it, think my voice is that important. But it is. I've spoken on this before, and I probably will again. But right now I'm just trying to formulate thoughts. It's, it's too early. I'm still sick to my stomach. And not basically because the Republicans won or anything, but uh, the disgusting tenure and tone and all the comments that have been xenophobic, homophobic, racist, misogynistic. And I, I live in that country where half the people ignored all that to elect someone. That's the scariest part of the whole thing to me. It's got nothing to do with the environment and Obamacare and all the other stuff. We live in a country that ignored all those values that we would hold our kids accountable for. They'd be grounded for years if they acted and said the things that have been said in that campaign by Donald Trump. Uh, I look at the evangelicals and I wonder, those values don't mean anything to them? All those values, to me, are more important than anybody's skill in business or anything else, because it tells who we are and how we want to live and what kind of people we are. And that's why I have great respect for people like Lindsey Graham and John McCain, John Kasich, who I disagree with on a lot of political things, but they had enough <clears throat> fiber and respect for humanity and uh, tolerance for all groups. Uh, to say what they said about the man. And that's what worries me. You know, I get it. Of course we wanted to be successful. We're all going to say that. Everybody wants to be successful. You know, it's our country. We don't want it to go down the drain. Uh, but any reasonable person would come to that conclusion. But it does not take away the fact that he used that fear-mongering and uh, all the, the comments, you know, from day one, you know, the, uh, the, the race baiting with trying to make Barack Obama, our first black president, illegitimate. Uh, 
This is serious business from Coach Popovich there. It is. It's serious business. It goes on, and it's very impressive. I applaud him because he was able to articulate a lot of what a lot of people were feeling. You see in the NBA, um, the coaches, uh, uh, Stan Van Gundy penned a, a very scathing op-ed. Steve Kerr spoken out against the election of Donald Trump. And I think one of the things that for those guys, uh, they're both in liberal-friendly environments. Greg Popovich is coming out and speaking in the heart of the red of the red. Yes. And, you know, this could affect his day-to-day life, and I, I applaud anybody who's willing to stand on that. I think that a big thing that's going on with the, the division in the country uh, is a lack of understanding of the opposing group. I, I've been telling people all week, you know what? People of color don't all know each other, yet pretty much 97% of us feel the same way about the situation. And it's not an accident. And at the very best, the vote for Trump meant that you sidestepped the racism, the misogyny, the xenophobia, and so on and so forth. At the very worst, you were just down with white supremacy. And I think that for these guys in the NFL, uh, in the NBA, to come out and say something about it, is bold and I mean the way that he said something about it was so intelligent because he's not talking about whether or not he agrees with some of their stuff he's talking about with the basic fundamentals of the character of the country and I think that's what's been called into question by so many members of society of color because it's something that is uh, taken as a big slap in the face by a lot of people and I think it's just a really disturbing situation when you see guys like Jake Arietta came out and said he can't wait to help people pack to want to move out of America and talking about moving to Canada because of it. Like, how does that make the other guys on his team feel, you know? And, and does he even care? This is a, a very, very interesting time to be alive and to be an American and to see how this whole thing plays out because the situation is inflammatory. Um, all crimes harassment against minorities is unbelievably so other than when slavery was legal was is at an all-time high now since last tuesday people are are this this fear has given people an excuse to get out of pocket i say it all the time the most dangerous animal on the planet is a scared white person because scared white people react in the extremes they do all kind of stuff and donald trump spoke to that fear and he, it was responded to, and now everybody is in a state of disarray about whether or not they're going to unify. What do you think about the situation? Did you vote Trump? <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you 10,000%. You just can't put something, somebody like that out there and have him represent the American people. He repre- He's supposed to represent everyone, not just... A handful, not the the one percent. I'm just talking about the general population. It's it's unfortunate that you'll put a guy like him in the situation. Well, well, but this is the crazy part. It's the it's the it's the general population who is who said that he's their guy. Exactly. That's the part. That's a. This is just goes to show how different of a world that we actually all live in within the same country. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I don't like the fact that he wants to recant now uh, on a lot of things he said and doing it all in the name of winning. Even as an athlete, you, you want to win, but there's certain <laughs> boundaries that you don't cross. And you can't say after the fact that, you know, I was just, uh, you know, come on, you're not going to take him serious. But you, this happens all the time. Yeah, this he's is just what, trying this, to win. That's not acceptable. Yeah. That, well, 
I tell you, what what we've learned is that everything is acceptable. And the, and that moral fabric of society that we thought was stitched together was just hanging on by a thread. And not because of one guy winning, but just no. because of the exposure of the division that has happened in uh, in the country. And I, it's, it's really, really unfortunate. I was amazed by the women who voted for him. Yeah, I, I, I was I was unfortunately not amazed <laughs> by by the United States. It's giving you classic yeah. USA. And I'm just hoping that this is another step in the, the wheels of change, you know, turning slowly. Um, one thing that I am amazed by and I want to finish up on this is how about the idea that after the election, there was nothing but crying Jordan memes that came out, <laughs> which it never gets were old. hilarious. Can you guys see more of them? Please. I mean, whoever comes up with these, these are the smartest people in the world. And you put them up so fast. It's just- I, I'm, I'm, I am, <laughs> man, I, if, if government could move as fast as the internet, oh my goodness. man, we'd live in a really great place. America yeah, would that, be great again. The Hillary Jordan meme? Oh it's, my it's fantastic. <laughs> the one with the crying Jordan across the whole continent of the USA, the whole, the whole country was beautiful. But this is what I wanted to get to. How is it that a guy who was nothing but nothing but a winner, known for most people (laughs) feel like the greatest basketball player to ever lace them up? Athlete. Possibly the greatest athlete to ever ever train is a representative of losing. (laughs) Everything (laughs) lost, you get the crying Jordan meme. What do you think that does to MJ? Oh, it has to hurt him. You know he's got an ego big as the state of Alaska. So <laughs> and every every time something happens like that, he <laughs> where was that? Was that at the hall? The Hall of Fame? Where they yeah, that was at the hall. That was at the hall. That was at the hall that broke him down. Where he roasted everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at things coming full circle. Wow. <laughs> this guy is known as a Stone Cold winner, and now he's <laughs> representing the House of Losers. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Uh, and Mike, what can he do? Mike, Mike is living the Mike life. He's living that Jordan I'm life. Sure He's he all right. Like to see that? I'm sure they broke him down. <laughs> they, they got, got him. <laughs> they got him. Oh man. Well, folks, thanks for rocking with us on the Ozone. It's been a spirited edition. You guys are always welcome to call. Uh, our number is four two four two five four Zone. That's four two four two five four nine six six three. And uh, I'm gonna leave you with a quote here. A blind person who sees is better than a seeing person who is blind. Good luck, folks. Keep making America great again. Ozone.